You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Welcome to Quantum Leap Book Club. During the next hour, beloved mind scientist Parisha and her guests from around the world will read and discuss various best-selling books with well-known authors. Every show will apply retention techniques designed to help you to absorb powerful knowledge to effectively change your life. Join us every week for a thought-provoking hour and re-listen as often as you can. You will be delighted by what you learn and you will be excited by the results. Are you ready to take the quantum leap? Here's Parisha. Greetings. This is Quantum Leap Book Club, and I'm your host, Parisha. And my co-hosts with me today are Joyce Mullenhauer in Arizona. We have Rosemary uh, Heyer. She's in Frankfurt, Germany. We have Steve Jones, also in Arizona. And we have definitely Trina Cooper, who is with us from Denver, Colorado. And we have Ella Way with us from Sydney, Australia. So we're kind of all over here and there. And that's a good thing, right? Anyway, we're working very deep and all of us enjoying the book, The Secret Language of the Heart by Barry Goldstein. And the every every I've read this book a couple of times because he actually gave me a book and signed it. And uh, I've just every once in a while, because I care so much for this person, I pick the book up and just read maybe a few pages here and there sometimes just to kind of stay in touch with him because he stays very busy, very popular now and doing a lot. The particular chapters we're going to work with today are five and six. And the five begins with music, the bridge of retuning our emotions. And I love this quote by Ray, Ray Charles. He says, I was born with music inside me. Music was one of my parts, like my ribs, my liver, my kidneys, my heart, like my blood. It was a force already within me when I arrived on the earth. It was a necessity for me, like food and water. I love that. I love that. I feel that. I don't consider myself a good singer, but I do enjoy singing. And when I get into a song, I just kind of let it take me. And it brings me to real good and healing places. I think Joyce, you shared, you found that too. It's not necessary that we could be on the top five records of the world, but we definitely like to hear what we're saying. And I've come to actually learn from my indigenous family how songs they create just from whatever the day's activities are. So it's sort of like, in my mind, I've seen it as a singing to my day or singing through my day that in a prayer, and especially from the Buddhist uh, particular influences that I work with, the sing-song way of praying actually includes the heart and the mind. So I sing at different levels of melodies and stuff, my prayers and my day. And I find it extremely rewarding. And uh, Barry actually endorses that, and, and all he does is actually bring you to a greater place within that awareness of yourself and that connection with the divine. So please go on the, the YouTube and find some of his music and get more acquainted with the actual product he creates. Okay. So we're going to start today and today we're going to let Steve Jones kind of introduce us to chapters five and six. So Steve, what have you got? Well, um, chapter five, the, the bridge of returning uh, uh, retuning emotions. First section was mom and dad were music lovers. 
and he talks about how verbal events create like a frequency and eventually will create a vibration or a belief system. And uh, he talked about how, you know, certain emotions trigger a belief system. And you know, in his case, the beliefs of his parents that you could not make a living at music uh, stayed with him and sabotaged his ability to move forward in his, his music career. And I know in, in experience with my, my dad's case, when he was a child, um, the sort of like the manipulation or fear that was put up upon him in uh, relation to religion and going to hell occupied his mind for the rest of his life, and he he struggled with that fear daily. So, just just some verbal some verbal things uh, that are said to you, uh, you know, turn into into those beliefs and the vibrations. Uh, in the second in the second uh, section, he talked about retuning the old belief section systems, I should say. And he talks about our belief systems being like a piano. And once in a while, they fall out of tune. And when that happens, our frequency changes and we fall out of alignment and go back to our limiting beliefs. And so he suggests that like choosing to listen to a song that brings elevated emotions uh, to yourself to tune yourself back up is what he suggests and not just listening to it, but the important part is to actually become the motion in the song, that that's the real, the real key. And I know that there's been certain times in my life where I really wanted to like be the feeling or the message of a song so bad that I would just, I, I just put on headphones and turn up the volume kind of close my eyes and just, play it over and over and get lost in, you know, the visualizations and the emotions of the music. So I can really relate to that. Uh, the next section is identifying your musical pinnacle and a song that triggers joy, Barry calls a, a musical pinnacle or your happy song. And he talks about how you can actually invest in your future by adding uh, happy and joyful emotions to the memory of that song. So if you have a song, you can make it more powerful and more ingrained so that you build it as a tool that can be a lifeline to your, when you need to pull yourself out of like an unhappy or disconnected state. And he mentions it even works with Alzheimer's patients to bring them back to an aware state. The next section in uh, Be the DJ of Your Own Life, Barry suggests making an energetic musical map where you know which songs will bring you to certain states of emotion. And then in, in playlist protocols, he suggests making a playlist of songs on your on your phone or on your computer so that you can choose from them to affect you in the way that you want, whatever you're going through um, at the time. And I know I began putting some uh, songs from my YouTube history uh, in in the, the bookmark, so I can go back to that. Uh, some of the things that he talks about in the uh, to be aware of when you're choosing the songs, the first one is volume. And he suggests that you take a low volume for relaxing it. And uh, for if you're going to listen to like inspirational music, it can be louder. So just basically pick what's comfortable to you. And then he talks about tempo 
and that you can actually order your songs in your playlist according to their tempo. So you can kind of ease into more activity or more active songs or progress down into from, from more active down to softer, slower songs for like if you're going to try to relax. And he actually gives a website that tells you um, that will tell you the tempo of a song if you if you uh, enter it into the website. He also talks about genre and he suggests picking certain genre for certain moods. Um, for example, you know, heavy metal may not go well in your relaxation list right after some flute music. Uh, also melody. And he mentions that the that, that catchy melodies may not be the best for sleep since it can put your mind into a, an analytical state and you don't want to start coming along when you're trying to sleep. Uh, lyrics is another point that he, he discusses. And he says, be sure to listen carefully to the lyrics so that you know what they're saying before you, you know, start playing them. I know there's songs that had a great beat, but when I listened to the words, I was really surprised at what they were saying. So listen to them before you you, you know, go in and start meditating with them or, or having them relax you. Um, the other one uh, point that he makes is look at the frequencies of the songs. Certain frequencies that he mentioned in chapter three can entrain your mind to different states of mind. And he refers back to chapter three as a reference. Uh, chords, uh, chords set, to, to me, how he describes it is chords set the music, the mood of the music. He has definitions of certain uh, musical chords uh, listed there, and you can see how, how different ones will give a different mood to the music. Uh, in He talks about the, the sound tools for transformation, and he asks you to pick out songs for certain circumstances that you'll encounter. He gives you like four different circumstances that you can, uh, you can use, and... That would wrap up what I am uh, presenting right now. Okay, that was very, very good. He goes on into chapter six, creating playlists for transformation, which is based pretty much on what you just uh, shared and the points that you made. And it's amazing how important this is. I I know that most of you, the, your co-hosts here, actually remember when I was working with a sound table and using the Tibetan technology and the other collective technologies over my lifetime to create a table that gave vibrational things. And the actual particular pieces of music, that's when I got my reality of just how important a certain piece of music can actually be to the cellular healing and actually set the pace that the frequency of, of a song or a sound could actually begin to align the cellular uh, harmony and healing that has to go on. So he does, he, he's given us some really good, um, you know, background here on how to choose that and how to create a paid play, what he calls playlist that will actually help us achieve the various places in our life that we want success. So I think that's really cool. Appreciate you sharing that. So let's go to Eloway. And Eloway, what did you get out of uh, chapters five and six? Out of five and six, one of the key things I got was um, confirmation that what we often do naturally is all here, but with science. That's what I love about the book, starting with that 
element of retuning our old belief system. And the example was really pertinent that if you had a piano that you had let go out of tune and it had you know, gone off a bit and the keys were a bit off, you could retune it and bring it back to its original tune, which he equates to when we're babies and we get born, we're naturally in a, a sort of more higher elevated state of joy and wonder and curiosity. That's like a piano going really well. We allow life to happen. We allow ourselves to have um, conclusions about what we've experienced and we become like an out-of-tune piano. And as he says with the piano, you can tune it, but because there's been this pattern of being out of tune, it gets pulled back there, likewise for us as a person. So he gives the solution. It's a lovely solution. Implement songs on a daily basis. I love it. I'll have a script of that. And we get to be the DJ of our life. So in this case, he's teaching us how to create a playlist. And I realize from an ad hoc perspective, there's lots of songs that I've used throughout my life, but this has taken it to a whole new level because through the playlist protocols, as Steve mentioned as well, he goes through the different elements of what makes up music or what makes up a song. And I suggest reading Chapter 5 um, and understanding these words in greater depth so that you can use this as a tool when making your playlist. And they are the words of tempo. And he's covered this before. He was creating songs with 60 beats per minute that were in alignment usually with the heartbeat. That was to do a specific outcome. You may want to jump up and run around and get energy and choose one with a tempo of 120 beats per minute. You choose rhythm. You choose the melody. You choose the frequencies. You choose the chords. And now we know anyone who makes movies know that if you play a particular type of chord, like a minor chord, you will be creating suspense or you might create a major chord the emotions of the audience change from doing that. So this is where you get to be the person who chooses. So definitely go through and also have a look on page 59 because there are sound tools for transformation. And here he's reminding us that you can find out what your emotional state is. And this case has uh, one of Madonna's songs, which I was listening to before the call as well, and just as he said, it gives you this tropical island feeling, happy. So music, Chapter 5, is letting us know that music is the key bridge to retune ourselves. And we create it through each of those. The list that I just gave is a subheading in all of those. And as I mentioned, identifying your emotional state, you can do that through the heart breath. Once you've identified it and recognized it, this is part of that name it, claim it, and you can change it. Once you've recognized it, then you choose your future state. For example, you may be sad, you want to go to happy, you may be joyful and want to go to ecstatic. So this is where you create a playlist which gives you what he calls a vibrational metamorphosis. So you're actually changing your vibration. And you're doing that because you're choosing, as he's given us the um, the protocols for making a playlist. And he says, you know, about three to 10 songs per playlist. And as you create them, reflect on them. Go to a quiet place where you won't be interrupted. Give yourself a chance to check your playlist, listen to it, check your vibration because it's based on those cumulative experiences. And to complete in Chapter 6, page 70 gives us 
those you know additional tools but in this case the tool is get to know your playlist have fun put it in action okay that all sounds really good we can move on with that and uh, uh we're here rosemary you ready to actually share what you got out of five and six yes i'm happy to um in the chapter five, he speaks about retuning the old belief system. And I really like his uh, saying, we all came into life optimal tuned. <laughs> that is so true. And unfortunately, we forgot and we became too comfortable in the negative emotional setup. And we even forgot our true potential, he says. And he just says again, music, use music daily to keep you optimal tuned, speaking in this musical language, so to speak. And happy music produces elevated emotions like love and inspiration. And he speaks about identifying a musical pinnacle. That is a happy song which can transport you back into happy memories. And if you choose that song, listen to it consistently every day. He speaks about how the brain gets activated and releases beneficial chemicals in our blood, for example, dopamine, which is a chemical controlling rewards and pleasure centers. And he's also saying that uh, we are the DJ of our life. As you know, the ability of a DJ is to utilize music to amplify an intention. And we can do this for our own life, he suggests, using music as a supportive vibrational tool. And in the playlist protocol, he, he is actually asking us to familiarize ourselves with genre, tempo, rhythm, melody, volume, and lyrics to evoke the emotion we want to. And he goes into detail, as already shared about. And I like how Barry makes a distinction between just hearing a sound, hearing music, and really listening. Listening, says Barry, means to allow ourselves to be affected on all four levels of our body system, like mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritual. So there is a distinction between just hearing music and really listening. And when it comes to um, um, the lyrics, I, I really like how he says that words carry energy and that uh, they can inspire us and they can bring us to tears and word can tap us into Im imaginal scenes. And as I wrote in my, into my blog one time, uh, the music industry makes billions from love songs, good and sad ones. And the words are really touching us and we're using them to work through our emotions as he says. And also he speaks about um, uh, the sound tools of transformation, which is basically your homework of this chapter. And he's asking you, if you were a doctor, what song would, be, would you prescribe yourself today? And that you look at your schedule and you become the DJ of this day. And I wrote that in my blog, how you actually look, take a situation and you just write a song to put you in an uplifted situation. And also the five-minute vacation I love a lot. I like the idea about going into a five-minute vacation with a special song and, uh, and practicing that all the time. On chapter six, um, I want to point out that he um, is um, actually speaking about his teenager years, and I can really relate to that, that he said that music was the only means which helped him to deal with the emotional challenges as a teenager. And I think a lot of teenagers have that today. Music is so is such an important vehicle which takes you from dark to light, how he speaks about it. 
And he suggests that we have six playlists in different categories, one of them gratitude, in one playlist is inspiration, one playlist of joy, motivation, peace, and relaxation. And uh, when it comes to bridging the emotional states, he speaks about uh, that music can shift us from one emotional state to another. And it is actually like a program, like a fitness program. And I can ask myself also, do I feel like I'm in a contracted energetic state or an expansive energetic state? And this is how we choose our music on our playlist that we want to listen to. And I'd like to conclude that, that I really find it fascinating that to use music with intention throughout the day to evoke a desired uplifted emotion and to have a happy song you consistently listen to. So you, you are tuning your muscle to come out of uh, imbalanced state. And also he speaks about uh, that we need to resonate to a music which resonates within our own sound, our own song. Okay, very, very good. And then now... Uh... When we're looking at music for each of ourselves, I uh, I know that I incorporate music into everything that I do. I would suggest that our listeners actually, if, if you're not already kind of inclined to do that, it would be a good time to actually go on YouTube and kind of explore the particular free offerings that he has on YouTube and find one and just actually test it and have the benefits of it for like a week and see the importance of actually including the knowledge that we're giving you. There are, I mean, you want to be selective in, in our individuality. We each have the need and that need is different than everybody else's. So actually having and using the book to go back through yourself and, and actually list the particular tempos and things that he's actually instructing us with. I think it's fantastic. It's really a teaching within itself. Okay. And now we're going to go on to actually letting Trina in Denver, Colorado. How are you doing, Trina? I'm doing great. Okay. And I, I love the fact that we can make ourselves greater with music. It's pretty cool. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so chapter five again. Um, we're doing chapter five and six. Chapter five, the music, the, the bridge to retuning emotions. And that brought to mind for me like a radio, like we tune into a different station if we want to hear something else. And in this case, he's talking about using music to bring us from one state of being into another. Now, I found it really interesting right up front. He said, when a verbal event is repeated frequently and is attached to emotion, we absorb it into our field and it creates its own frequency. And I like the fact that he talked about the verbal event because he's all about sound. And when we do hear the same thing over and over, whether it's the parent saying you can't make uh, money doing this or, you know, you need to be quiet or whatever it is, we do take those frequencies in and we do create our, our emotions and then our moods and our personalities moving through that. So um, how can we actually shift when we actually have that in our system? So he talks about re, um, retuning an old belief system on page um, 51. And he does say we fall out of tune from the way we were born. And if we implement songs that lift us, that make us happy and joyful, we can retune ourselves. When we listen with elevated music, in emotion, 
we actually can raise our vibrational frequency. And if we do it enough times, we actually, again, change our emotions, change our moods, change our belief systems. So on page 52, he talks about identifying that musical pinnacle, that happy song. that when we listen to that song, it just makes us feel good. It can cut through space and time and bring us back to a happy place. That's the first song. And then being the DJ of your life, you can, you can basically script what you want to listen to. You have the freedom to find all the songs to make the changes in your life. So we talked about the play- playlist protocols and a lot of the other um, hosts have talked about those. They create a mood. So it's the volume, the tempo, the genre, the rhythm, the melody, the lyrics, the frequency, the chords. Each one of those have an impact with us. And so on page 59, I like what Rosemary said is, if you were a doctor, if you went to a doctor and you were in a p- specific mood, what kind of music would the doctor prescribe for you? What song would it be? And then when we move on to chapter six, creating the playlist, now we're moving into how do we make that change? So he talks about growing up with music. And I think every one of us has grown up with music. And it's we've used it as a way to escape or to share or explore or cope or connect with people. And they used to make them on cassette tapes. We'd make a mix. Well, now he's saying use three to 10 songs that have a similar message or feel to them and make a playlist out of them. These bridge emotional states. Um, Music's like an adventure, a journey. And so you can ask yourself, like, what adventure do I want to take? What journey do I want? How do I want to feel? And then pick the songs that you want to use to bridge you from one state into another. He talks about contracted and expansive states and also recognizing what state we want to go to. And we create that bridge with these playlists. So I want to just close by saying a playlist is a catalyst to shift your being by using music, listening to the songs repeatedly just like we heard things in the beginning, repeatedly. And then be your own DJ and pick the songs that work for you. And I just think that this is cool. Ray Charles, I was born with music inside of me. Yes, every one of us was. I agree. It's beautiful. And we all have a song. All of us have a heart song. That is a natural part of us. Exploring Uh, different musical notes and little tunes that'll come up as you're in that kind of mode. And and, uh, when you're doing things is to find it when finally you kind of hit on the notes of the heart song, they don't leave you from there. It'll expand, but unless you're humming and doing little, you know, little stretches of putting some notes together, you're not going to find it. So for our listeners, it's like you have to be actively, sing-songing and making up little riddles and singing them yourself as you go along and actually maybe just taking pieces of songs that you already know that the words kind of stayed with you and just singing them and letting them take you into something else that you'll add to it. Then all of a sudden you find yourself inside your heart song. My heart song has been with me most of my life. I remember singing it to the trees and I remember Uh, actually experiencing as a child the things the force came back to me 
with sounds and songs of itself. So it's it's really a place of power for yourself, for all of the places that you go in life and the situations of life to have your heart song. And Barry's given some fantastic work here on how to actually discover and play with your heart song. So I would hope that you're all using the book to better yourselves and bring the better state of life to yourself, okay? So we do that now. We'll go on, and we have uh, now coming up, uh, let's see, who do you have? Is it Joyce? Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. This uh, two chapters was like a little music course for me because I have never dug into music in the way that Barry gives it to us. And I had so much fun looking up all the variations of the word tune that he did. So he uses the variations to discuss how the music is a bridge. And he talks about it retuning. Or, and I kept thinking returning. No, retuning. This is a different word altogether. And then he shares his own experience being influenced by his parents because they believed that music was a nice hobby, but not a way to earn a living. And he, he accepted that for the longest time. So he describes himself as being out of tune when he accepted those beliefs. And then when he determined to retune his thinking about making a living creating music, his life was totally, totally transformed. And that's what he shares so much in this book. Barry shares his belief that at birth, we are connected and tuned. And I'm using this all the way through because I love the derivations of the tuning. And tuned to elevated emotions of love, appreciation, gratitude, and worthiness. And it's reassuring to know that we started with that because that means that's in our body cells. We just need to get it again and use it. So life events cause us to become detuned from our birth blueprint. Just like the piano, we grow accustomed to not being tuned properly. It becomes comfortable and we forget our true potential or our optimal tuning. Two, succeed with retuning and maintain without falling back into the old patterns. Barry encourages us to implement songs daily to keep us in tune. So that's <laughs> the, the tuning part is really key because it all fits so, so well. Music acts as a time machine and takes us back to specific emotional memories and it ignites positive emotions in our heart's electromagnetic field. So there's all kinds of science and research that has proven this with testing. Music can be the lifeline, a life-sparking bridge to transform us. And he uses the one example of the gentleman with Alzheimer's that was bent over in his chair, not connected with anything. And when he listened to music, he was sit, started to sit up straight and was really interested. So it he what he teaches us, gives us almost a course in music to be the DJ in your life. And he shares the power that the DJ has and uses the example of a wedding where there's actually five different music types used. And I know music changes when I'm at a wedding reception, but I didn't ever look at it that closely. So it was fascinating what he leads us through with that. And then he gives us a full guideline of how to create our own uh, music list. And to start off with listening to a whole variation of even other cultures. I thought that was really an interesting idea because the, the whole rhythm of different cultures changes from one to the next. 
He wants the reader to identify what you're experiencing when you feel contracted or expansive and suggest writing down some of those feelings right off the bat before you even start listening to musics to create your list. So he wants us to identify where we are emotionally now and where we want to move to next. So it's kind of a bottom line. And then we can create the exact playlist to take you there. And he calls us a sacred process, make it a sacred practice and actually take the time and set the environment up and listen to a whole variation of songs. And the ones that do move you, you want to listen to them more. So those were some of the things that I really enjoyed on these two chapters. Wonderful. So why don't uh, you all share, you all being my co-hosts here, share what you've actually done so far with this or how, how if anything, have you actually put any of these particular uh, thoughts and uh, practices into your own day? And how, how's that going for you? How is that actually helping you through your day? Like I said, music, and I do a tremendous amount of time in a day, in a 24 hours, at actually doing uh, healing and working with energy. So for me, I, my day is pretty much filled with music. I use music uh, most of the time. I've got to where I don't even hear it. It's in the background. But I, I want the notes. I want the hurts. I want the, I want the particular... Um, energy in my field that the particular notes bring and stuff and I realize I'm feeding my auric field even though I'm not psychologically or mentally attached to where the music is and what it's doing I know that it's putting into the field certain particulars that I want and I realize is actually feeding me and nurturing me while I'm in the state of activity giving and putting out and broadcasting for other particulars. So it's a, uh, it's a give and take for me. And like I said, Barry's music, um, I've got quite a library of his uh, CDs and stuff that I've used and it, it really does enhance life. Um, I'd have to say out of everything that I had access to uh, over my lifetime, it was when my son Tony died that Barry's particular heart, the particular one he has on the heart that's on, on the is actually on the website and YouTube. Uh, I played that for like four or five days because there was just no place I could go or anybody I could talk to or I didn't have need for words. I didn't want to be in this world at all. I wanted to be wherever I could have that spiritual contact and i would have to say that barry gave me that any anybody else working with it at that level i can relate to that what you were just sharing when my mom passed away i found by accident you remember how barry says a song comes to you i found a, a song uh, um I don't know the title anymore. It's an Irish song and it speaks about, it's a beautiful voice and it speaks about how can I find you? Can you find me? Can you send me a sign? And I just listened to it and that song took me right to her and with her and in a different level. You know, how can I find you? Can you send me a sign? And it helped me really to grieve and mourn and cry and laugh and love and, and talk about it. It's just still touching me. So, 
I love songs with lyrics sometimes. They touch me more deeply than instrumental songs. And it's actually through Barry I'm learning more to listen to instrumental songs. I use music a lot in the morning. Uh, and I usually end my meditation period with a song which praises the one in all things. It's a, I don't know where it comes from even. It's a Sufi song. I don't even know what the, what she's singing exactly, but I know she's praising the one inside of me. And, and that song takes me right there to be with the beloved. And then I, I listen sometimes to instrumental music, slow music in the morning. And then when I get ready for the day in the kitchen or in the bathroom, I love to listen to loud music. And I dance in front of the window in the kitchen and I sing loud and I get myself into this mode of energy and happiness. And I don't do it every day, but I do it very, very often. And then during the day, I sometimes find moments and I do need to do that more where I use music to refresh myself and to come back to the balance of my heart because I can get stressed out easily. And I, and then it's, I, then I like to listen to Barry's music and to the quiet music and the instrumental music he does so beautiful, the music about the heart codes. And I found some other wonderful music. And at night, I, I also want to make that a more, a uh, uh, very, strong daily thing to, at night to t take me down, to pull me down, to lower my heart rhythm and to lower my, uh, my um, uh, beat per minute and um, to come down. So, but I have a lot of lists already. I just have to make it more, more focused, more um, limited. And I have a lot of lists and I, I, music is just important for me. Thank you. That's great. Okay. Anybody else? This yeah, is Elloway, and I, 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 I like to share. Um, there's one that you can get on the internet that's Barry Goldstein's called "The Brain Is Always Listening," and there's four tracks. And since starting this book, I have had that on high rotation, and it starts with um, re reducing anxiety, and then the next one, whatever someone may you know associate that with, it, it basically just helps you feel up. And then the next one is reducing stress, which again is a calmer one. And then it goes into appreciation and you just start feeling different and looking. And then the fourth one is sleep. And I find if I'm on the computer and I've been working away, I'm quite good. I'm appreciating what I'm doing. And then I start nodding off. I go, oh, <laughs> that's what's happened. <laughs> it's clicked onto the sleep time. It is that powerful that I've done it so many times now that there's a recognition that even as you were saying as well, that the music is in your field. I'm not consciously going, oh, that particular tune is the sleepy one. However, my state, my internal state has been entrained with the external music and it has effect. And because of that, I was with a friend the other day who is, um, she's going through early stages of finding out that she has breast cancer and working through that. And so I just mentioned this is something I've been doing because she's very positive. She's saying she's breathing fear through and she texted me last night to say, I've got it on. <laughs> I'm listening to Barry Goldstein just with a smiley face. So the, the key is it has effect. I won't need to say more. There's music I've used all the time. Let it go by Frozen during the divorce time. I've used classical music all the time as a child to escape into a fairy world when I didn't particularly like the external environment I was in. And I noticed this morning when I went to 
to say goodnight to my, well, goodbye to my son. His jazz music was still on in the background and he was sound asleep. Music, we're creating these playlists, absolutely. I'm very happy that our youth actually are very musically inclined. And uh, I just wish they'd be more selective to some of the lyrics and things that they are listening to. But I feel it, it, it actually is part of what's enhancing the intelligence level and the particular what I would see as uh, abilities and awareness that our young people have and are showing today. Young people today are far ahead of where I was at their particular ages, for sure. Okay. But yeah, this is great. And I think, like I said, I think that if, if you haven't gotten that message already from the chapters that we've shared, the actually level of megahertz that are actually in the particular chords, notes, and how the music goes is you want to know what those particular, you could look it up easily on the internet, okay? Actually, what are the particular sounds that are actually very life enhancing and physically enhancing for you. Barry kind of labels his music, it, you know, lets you know ahead of time pretty much what he's, what the catalog is of what he's using. So those are easy enough to do. But like I said, it isn't so much that you need to have the volume up and it, that it's preoccupying your, your thought processes. It just needs to be in the environment with you. And those particular sounds are actually working very strong inside your etheric field, which is your aura. Okay. And, and in that, actually, it's like just having a very nurturing cloud of particular notes and energy and frequency that's helping the body mend and different things going on in your body. So healing and having this music in hospitals and recovery places and places where people for health reasons and body reasons are kind of uh, shut in and, and, and held in different locations. I only wish that they could actually understand the gifts of what the music being booked into those situations would help very much. So, okay, Joyce, how about you? I, I have been using, I have the, the blessing of about an hour drive to where I work three or four days a week. And it's through the mountains and not much traffic. So it's a perfect, perfect time for me to sing <laughs> and hum. And I love the fact that my humming takes on all kinds of different patterns. And I do sing some of my old songs that I know the words to. And I plan on learning more songs so that I can sing even a greater variation. But I've got a wealth of time there that's perfect for this. That's really good. You you are you you are definitely a light in my day. That as as the I, what are you now? 83, 84 years old. How old are you now? I know I'm eighty one. You're older than me. I'm eighty two. Okay, you're eighty two. So I enjoy the fact that you show so much life, and it's not a matter that it's shutting down, and that I look around us at people that are in their fifties and 60s that are acting like they're on their last leg. <laughs> so that you're driving an hour to work, she said, okay? Not home or someplace else to work. And actually singing and playing just should give you a little bit of what the character of this woman is. <laughs> she is unstoppable for sure. Okay, let's go over here and see what you wanted to share, Trina. 
Oh yeah. I, I love music all the time. And um, uh, like when I clean house, I love getting music with a really good drum beat or something I can dance to um, because it just makes house cleaning so much better. I love listening to the um, kind of the theme songs when I want to get inspired ones from the movies, like the Oscar winners and um, like gladiator and Amadeus and, um last of the mohicans there's some music that's so powerful and inspiring and i love i have kind of a playlist of those and those are just fantastic um when i'm working excuse me when i'm working on doing books or numbers i find that using um well lindsey sterling's an artist that uses like the electric violin or the strings and there's all kinds of groups with that And that kind of music just keeps me really in and focused for whatever reason. But I love using that kind of music. And um, there's just so many things. And then yesterday, the coolest thing, we'd flipped on PBS station and there was a concert with John Denver. And I've always loved John Denver's music. And I'm watching it going, wow, it's like I remember this. I just remember this. And then I went, wait a minute. I think I was there. This looks like Red Rocks. And I had to look it up. And it was 1974 Red Rocks. And I was in that audience. But it was like stuff was just flooding back to me. And I'm going, oh, I so remember this. And I just felt so good. So some of those things, you know, going back and finding some of those old records, I guess, (laughs) um, now called vinyls, but finding some of those it just um, inspires me. It brings me back to a really great time and a really happy time. Denver was one of the people. I actually met Denver before he became popular. We worked on, uh, he actually joined us on many of our, um, I would say, urgent or disastrous kind of things. Whenever there were storms, fires or earthquakes or something, he actually would come to sites and he worked very much with the teams and stuff, worked with us and, and of course brought his guitar and what's saying. And uh, he makes stories up, you know, he just, he, what I loved about watching Denver is he'd take his guitar and just make different strings and make your sounds, you know what I mean? And then all the time, then he'd kind of shut himself off to where everything else was and start humming. And you never could really hear what he was humming because it was very much in himself. And then all of a sudden, he'd kind of just hit his strings and announce himself. And then he would just start singing. And afterwards, being around a couple of nights, I'd actually said, so have you written all those songs? He said, yep, just now, you know. So he, he was actually writing his songs about what we were doing and the people he was meeting and stuff. And I I would watch him as I do. I study people. I observe people. I love, I am an incurable people watcher. Okay. And I would watch him do that. And then different times when he would sing to us and stuff, I would actually hear in the song that he was singing what I had observed him watching of a person that day. So it's like Denver brought life into his music. And I think that's why his success in music was so good. The particular words that he would sing and stuff, it just makes you part of that. You know, and so he was a good song, definitely good in lyrics. Okay. All right. Let's go to you, Steve. What are you doing? I know you like to sing because I know you do. What is that that you do when when we play? What is that? Karaoke? karaoke yeah 
I loved, he definitely likes to do the karaoke. So what do you think of all of this? What are you doing with it? Uh, I put a few, um, I know I've used when I'm uh, doing like running or riding or something and really have to push myself uh, having, you know, some real upbeat motivational music keeps my mind off of, you know, my body basically what's happening just lets me kind of push through and just have that, have the motivation in, in my ears. Um, also, I find when, um, when I change, when I change environments is one of the times that I um, can kind of get out of tune because I'm going from one to another. And if I don't kind of acclimatize myself to the next, next environment, I can kind of get off key. So, so using one of the one of the songs that's inspiring and bringing those emotions back kind of tune use it to tune myself up uh, from going from one thing to another and um i know uh with with my dad uh had a had a song is ed, ed sheeran's thinking out loud was his favorite song and um just just listening to the to the um the lyrics of that just let me, you know, I don't know, because I, I, I let me see a bit more into who he was and to what he valued and all that. Because um, the the words in that is a, is a really nice, some really nice and powerful words. So um, when I hear that song, it brings me back to the you know, to thinking of him. So, yeah, a lot of different ways. And I'm, I'm actually putting the, uh, you know, getting, you know, it, it, getting the actual playlist together in my phone to work. I can access it. That's what I'm doing. It so I can, you know, use it and put it into action, like uh, like Barry suggested. Well, you you want to have accessibility to them and having them in your phone is actually having a good playlist in your phone is a good thing, and put it in there. But it, I, you run around with your little dog Katsu. And you have to realize the effects of the megahertz and the actual sound of the music is very, very life enhancing for animals, whether they be birds or cats or dogs or whatever. But animals benefit greatly from particular pieces of music. So it, if, you know, the whole thing, however good it is for them, just think how much that must be doing for our body parts in our way, you know, the way we're looking at. So, yeah. So next week, we'll actually be going through chapters, what is it, six, seven, and eight. I mean, right, seven and eight. I think we did six tonight, right? So we'll be going through seven, eight next week. And if you have the book and you have things that you would like to talk to us about, please come on our Facebook and talk to us about your own experiences and some of the particular outcomes you've had with music, okay? Uh, there is actually in the chapters that we're taking on next week, we will actually be looking at charts. There's some charts. So I'm going to say to you, my co-host, you may want to actually study those charts and look as to how you can present them that our listening audience can actually benefit from the charts. Okay. But meanwhile, like I said, have a wonderful week. Keep music alive in yourself, humming and allowing that to happen allowing children to actually be a part of what you sing and do to if you have grandchildren or children in your life sing with them 
It is the bonding of the heart and the mind that singing brings to us. And that's the space we want to be in with our children. Even if they're grown children, like what Steve says, doing the karaoke, singing together. One of the things that I love in the different travels I do is that people along my path have learned how much music means to me. So at every like, gathering that I attend or visiting that I do, people will actually set aside a time to where we're going to sing. And I've learned many songs from many different country people, you know, different worlds and different situations that they may be in. And it's a sharing and in it, it stays with me. And they, they'll, they try to teach me the different words in their language. And I did say try because I'm not always successful to get my tongue to do what theirs does. But at any way, it actually, the music haunts me and stays with me. And when at any time in their lives, they come back with, you know, the need of prayer or something. It's so easy for me to pick up present time with them just from remembering the songs that we shared. So there's so much to be said for it. And so much to understand that it, you know, in, in our bodies, there is a need for the outer world or the massaging of music in our outer world and environment. And plants love it too. Uh, one of the things that your one of your expos covered for you and Larry, Trina, was you had some young lady that had her plants there and it was actually showing how the music was affecting the plants and she had them connected up to things that we could watch. So everything benefits from it. And we're so lucky to have Barry to take us through actually expressing what the importance of that is. So get your book, The Secret Language of the Heart by Barry Goldstein and follow along with us on Wednesday. We love you very much. We send and dedicate our day to making sure your day goes better. All good things. OCO. Thank you for listening to Quantum Leap Book Club. For more information where you can contact us, go to LOARadioNetwork.com forward slash quantum hyphen leap. Have a great week.